Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This week, Diana Hong sat down with Elaine Chartrand, a two-time Canadian national champion figure skater and a UBC kinesiology student as of last fall. She spoke about her career to this point, why she decided to join UBC, and why she feels becoming a student has been a good decision for her. Elsewhere, our Thunderbirds golf teams wrapped up the fall portion of the BC Rivalry Series with a pair of strong performances, while we look to one of UBC's most successful programs for our Thunderbirds alum of the week. But first, here's our interview with Elaine Chartrand. So first off, um, so you're a figure skater. How did you start figure skating? Um, I started very early in Skate Canada's Can Skate program uh, at about four years old. Um, I did have a relative that figure skated. One of my aunts figure skated, but to a very um, you know low level compared to what I did. Um, and I wouldn't say I got into skating because of her, but um, it was probably more so uh, just figure skating was huge in, in the 90s. And my parents, you know, watched figure skating on TV. It was more of a normal thing for average people. You didn't have to be a super crazy skating fan at that point to, to turn on figure skating and be able to enjoy it. So um, I think that's kind of how I just started skating. I was young, so it wasn't really my decision to start skating. It was just um, a Canadian thing. My parents wanted me to learn how to skate, so. Um, well, how would you, what, <laughs> but did you have, did you have a choice of becoming a competitive skater though? Like what made you want to become one of the international uh, competitors? I don't know. I mean, I feel like from a, when I started, started taking it seriously, mm-hmm. seriously, at like <laughs> six years old, um, we were putting in extra effort to drive from my hometown of uh, Prescott, Ontario. Um, it was an hour drive to Ottawa so that I could get better coaching and a higher level skating environment. Um, so, I mean, from that point, basically, it had been noticed that in my small town, I was uh, a little bit uh, more talented or, um, you know, had some natural abilities in skating. And then if I was going to make it further, I needed to go get some higher level coaching and uh, I don't know, just exposure to mm. higher level skaters was I think really important for me. And from that point, I think uh, I don't know. I just set my my goals high. <laughs> um, I think my parents, you know, wanted to see me reach my potential in skating because mm-hmm. lots of people had told them, like, "Wow, this this is not normal for this kid to be doing this at this age." Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think they could make it. So um, yeah, I guess. So probably from around like I don't know this. Because this age, like six years old, I was already like watching people on TV and like, I want to be like them. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a girl at the rink in 
Ottawa, and she was a national champion at like pre novice mm -hmm. level, I think, at the time. And she got to go do an international competition. Mm -hmm. She had a Canada jacket. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> it's all about the jacket. <laughs> it's all about the jacket. <laughs> and like, it's different when you're actually the person competing for the team. And then there's people, you know, they wear it for the fun of it, but it's different, you know? <laughs> um, so you, you think it was more of like a natural thing, hey, than like, um, I mean, but I don't know, like, it, you know, you've reached a really high level in your career as well. And I, so there's definitely was something that you wanted to become one of those skaters and that's why you push yourself or was it was it more like your parents yeah. I don't know. um I mean I think I enjoyed it enough and I really like jumping and skating fast and uh from from a pretty young age learning new things um you know there's just so many aspects of figure skating to work on all the time right. so it's uh something that can keep you motivated pretty easily there's always mm -hmm. something new to be to be doing and improving and uh um i but don't you... know like people always ask if mm -hmm. you know did you want to be national champion i was like well not really it just happened <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i mean like, and everyone can do that know, right <laughs> but one thing leads to another and right. then you know it's at one point in the beginning, it's like, oh, I want to lend my axle mm -hmm. or whatever. And then it becomes like, oh, I want to, I'm this close to being considered for an international competition or mm -hmm. I'm this close to making it to nationals. And it just progresses in that way. It's not um, from the beginning that I was like, I want to get a gold medal at the national championships or something. Um, it just it flows i don't know <laughs> i mean it worked it worked so um so you so far have you had um have two uh canadian national champ titles and you've had a, a pretty successful career so far and there's uh there's always an option of like coaching starting a coaching career which you already are but you know but uh what made you decide to want to become a student when you had this like opportunity to start off your coaching coaching career mm -hmm. oh i mean i kind of did both at the same time honestly um i did start uh going to school quite late compared to you know people who aren't at that level in sport um i took a four-year gap between um grade 12 and then starting university and um, for me, I think not having any school aspect of my life to balance things out mm -hmm. was not healthy for me mm -hmm. in that, that time period. Of course, it was like, you know, you need to make it to the Olympics, so you need to focus like 100% on skating. And um, I don't always think that was a good choice for me because it was just, you just didn't have that option to shift your mind to something else. And uh, so then after I didn't make the Olympic team for the second time, I was like, you know, if I'm going to skate, I think it would be more enjoyable for me if I go to school mm -hmm. at the same time, just so that I have more balance uh, in my life. So I definitely did enjoy um, that year when I started at York University and was also training and competing at world level competitions uh at the same time it was just 
a lot better for my mind. It was definitely difficult trying to balance uh, those two things at the same time. But uh, I think overall still it was it was better for me in, good. My, in my life to do that. Mm-hmm. So. And you've already, you've mentioned York University, but uh, you were a transfer student from York University to UBC. Yes. And what made you want to transfer to UBC? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I have a boyfriend who lives here. And um, when I decided I was going to take time off of competing after 2020, season um and winning my second national title i felt like that was a good time to put a pause and you know uh take some time for myself reevaluate things mm-hmm. um that i wanted to be with him in vancouver and uh, i had no idea if i was going to be able to transfer and everything it was uh i feel very lucky to have gotten into ubc because i know how competitive it is mm-hmm. and uh i didn't have maybe all the requirements of other people that I was competing with to go Mm -hmm. into, but I'm glad that they considered uh, other experience that I had for my uh, continuing my kinesiology degree at UBC. So how's your experience at UBC so far? I mean, you've mentioned, you know, you get to see your boyfriend often um, and like, are you settling in, like um, making new friends, I guess, in a way, in a, yeah. (laughs) I wish I was more um, social, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, you seem social I right now. It's difficult because most of my life was just like in the skating world, right. and I wasn't used to having to, I don't know, make new friends or meet people or I don't know, just normal social life things were mm-hmm. not a thing <laughs> ever. So. Um, Especially with COVID now too, hey, it's so much harder to interact yeah. with people too. You yeah. seem social though. I, so I do like UBC. I like the campus. It's beautiful. I mean, I don't know if anywhere else compares really. Um, the mountains and stuff. I didn't have that in Ontario. It's beautiful. And the weather doesn't get as cold. So mm-hmm. it's an, enjoyable to be on campus. Unfortunately, we can't be on campus now mm-hmm. um, to enjoy all those things. But I mean, I've had good professors. I've had, um, I don't know, a good time learning what I'm interested in. So awesome. Yeah. Have you considered uh, taking part in the UBC figure skating community? Uh, I mean, there's UBC figure skating club. There's also like drop-in sessions. That's also three dollars for students and free for public sessions but yeah I actually I thought about it Mm -hmm. and I did come in one time uh, with a bunch of coaches that I work with Mm -hmm. at Sunset Skating Club and uh, when we were preparing for our ice show at the club we had a coaches member so we rehearsed it there (laughs) Uh, one day which was kind of funny Um, I do have some hard feelings about that particular um ice arena obviously yeah. <laughs> um which is it's kind of silly that it's been so long mm-hmm. um you know but this was the arena that i uh failed to qualify for the olympic games and competed with an injured ankle and mm-hmm. it was a very stressful um low point in my career mm-hmm. um bad memories associated with it so I would say that's probably kind of why I've avoided it to a certain degree right which like I need to move on but 
Um, I have been itching to skate because um, in the last while, I haven't been able to, um, which I was doing fairly regularly mm -hmm. last year, even though I wasn't competing. Uh, I would go do some free skate sessions that were available through our club, mm -hmm. but now with all the numbers, restrictions, and everything, mm -hmm. I don't have that option, and mm -hmm. I'm always itching to just get out and skate as much as uh, I, I do miss it. So maybe I'll I mean it is open it. now. They <laughs> just started. I think the first drop-in session is this Friday, actually. So and Perfect. it is three dollars. <laughs> and like yeah. Anyways, um yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to like arouse your you know <laughs> bad memory. I didn't mean it that way. But yeah, we do have three three rinks, and you know we have this great ice like community as well. Like compared to you know SFU, whereas they would have to go to different you know at a separate rink to like in order to train. So I'm you know I'm very proud of us for having three rinks. Um, you guys need to get a um, competitive uh, thing going though. That's the thing, like varsity. Mm -hmm. So I am actually part of the UBC Figure Skating Club. I'm the treasurer there, and that is our initial goal. That's how we started the club. But you know, all the uh, varsity teams and competitive teams are on the eastern side of Canada. Mm -hmm. That if we want to actually become a competitive figure skaters, then like we have to have enough funds to like actually travel, to travel. and then get results, and then then like UBC Athletic will possibly be you know um interested in funding us but that's the process and you know this year we uh we had this term actually we have more members so we're building up you know <laughs> hopefully soon but anyways back to you this is all about you um what made you want to study kinesiology um i think that started pretty early honestly uh you know being a figure skater there are so many kinesiology aspects and right. just connections and uh, I think the main thing that kind of influenced me in that direction towards physiotherapy working with athletes in some capacity is uh, that I injured my ankle and actually had to withdraw from sectionals one year mm -hmm. and this was like I don't know my first was going to be my first pre-nal this year and um I just felt very interested because I had to do a bunch of physio. We were trying as hard as we could to uh, see if we could compete because it was like a week before. It was like, can we do anything to, to help it out? And I was really just interested in all the techniques that they were trying to, to use to help my ankle and uh, felt very grateful for the, the effort that they put in put into it, even though... Um, I wasn't able to compete. Mm -hmm. um, just the whole process was very interesting to me. And I felt like, uh, you know, I would love to be that person for somebody that's injured um, or struggling with, you know, chronic injury as well and uh, helping them stay in the best condition or help them back to their optimal uh, condition to do what they love to do so um yeah i mean i think that's or really the route that usually athletes not always but usually take because it's really related and really i think it also helps with coaching career as well um but that's great um so also so just thinking back at your career your first victory or your first national champ title was 2015 16 
season and so from climbing up the ladder from 2011 2012 uh, season you were ninth place and then you worked your way up to your national champ first national champ title um anything now you think back about it like any how was it like getting that first title after you know how many years you know yeah it was um definitely (laughs) again it was after the uh disappointment of missing Mm -hmm. out on the olympics the in 2014 um i finished in fifth position the year before i had Mm -hmm. been third um so i was really looking for that olympic berth there were Mm going to be two spots and i was like you know this close Mm -hmm. uh going into that but um there was definitely a a time after that where I was like, do I want to continue or do I want to go to school? Because that was my grade 12 year. Mm -hmm. Um, What do I want to do? And directly afterwards, it was like, no, I I don't want to skate. I was just so angry at the world (laughs) for not allowing me to to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I was still so young Mm -hmm. in in a skating career that's, Uh, It's like, okay, let's do another four years and we'll try to make it for the next one. We still are going to be an adequate age and uh, we'll put all of our efforts into that. And definitely in the middle of that, um, you know, I, uh, so after missing out on the Olympics in 2014, 2015 season uh, was my first silver at the nationals and my first time going to the world championship. So it was super exciting mm-hmm. um, to come back from that, you know, disappointing year to a uh, world championship course. And that was all super exciting. And I was uh, just getting on the senior scene because prior to the 2014 Olympics, I was still competing junior internationally. The Olympics would have been my first senior uh, international competition had I made it. Mm-hmm. So um, I gained a lot of experience in those years between mm-hmm. 2014 and 2018. And yeah, I collected a bunch of uh, national medals of different colors and in between. And after being silver by like this much mm-hmm. in a, 2015, it was like, okay, 2016 is going to be my year. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see what I need to do. I had some little mistakes in 2015, and uh, I, before that, um, had earned my first, you know, Grand Prix medal um, on the international stage, kind of putting my mark out there, like, mm-hmm. I'm the real deal if I can do this at the international level. Um so everything about 2016 nationals was like perfect <laughs> um i loved that the the location of it was amazing my practices were flawless the whole week it's probably the one competition in my life that i felt 100 percent prepared and i was just like waiting like okay let's go to competition where most of the time you have like a lot of anxiety and it's like okay i just want like one more session one more session to to feel good before i go but uh this one it was like the week before i was getting clean programs just mm-hmm. like no problem consistently and i was like okay let's let's go do it in competition um so everything yeah about 2016 nationals is 
like fairy tale um, in my mind about how it went. And, you know, it was the one time in my career that I did two clean performances Mm -hmm. and it was in one of the most stressful situations um, because I wanted to go to the world championships again. I'd gone the year before, um, but uh, Caitlin Osmond was injured that year. So it kind of was like a little bit easier to qualify. And then she was coming back Mm -hmm. in the 2016 year. I was so stressed out for like months before. And then Mm -hmm. I had a little mind change and uh, things were kind of smooth sailing there through nationals and uh, got to be number one going into the world's the next year, which was close by. We actually drove to Boston for that world championship. So it was all, you know, very exciting. and it's probably the thing that I'm going to look back on and be like, wow, that was everything that I wanted oh in, in that competition. <laughs> I wonder how it feels like to even compete at a Canadian national. Like, wow. Anyways, um, moving along, positive, you know, <laughs> what's your favorite program? Oh, I found this one very difficult because uh, <laughs> I had... The short program, which I'm going to say is like my favorite, was my uh, peanut program. I actually used it for uh, two seasons and then brought it back. Is that the one with your red dress? Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. The short program. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of like funky. Yes. Anyways, I liked it because it was different than anything else anybody Mm -hmm. else was doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shailen Bourne, who was a Olympic medalist mm-hmm. choreographed it for me and uh it was amazing I just I thought it was the coolest thing ever and people really got into it and like mm-hmm. clapped in my footwork sequence so oh, it was wow. like all good vibes uh-huh. uh, when every time I performed it it was pretty good that season mm-hmm. um yeah and then I did make the decision like later on to bring it back because I liked it so much so that's probably my all-time favorite program but I have a lot of good um memories with uh my long program Mm -hmm. that was the very last one that i used um for two seasons as well which was oh no i'm blanking (laughs) on the name of the music but anyways um that one was when i won my second national title and uh wait is that the one with red dress what it why do i remember your red dress Red dress was the, the one long that program. I won my first national title. Right, that that's why. Big moment, crying. Yeah, because I remember you are like, so happy. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. She did it. But I actually, that was the only time I ever skated that program well. Really? season, <laughs> it was it, awful. That's so all you I need. I have good memories of that program, except for oh. the national championships that year. It got you first place. Um, I mean, I was going to ask, like, what's your favorite performance? But, um, you know, is it going to be your first national champ? Well, yeah, I would say both of those programs were, like, uh, super special, mm-hmm. super fun to perform. Um, absolutely. It's got to be uh, 2016. It's funny because people always ask me to, like, compare the two <laughs> Um nationals that i won and it's like they're they're special in their own ways right um the the first one was just like because it was so everything was perfect like in practice everything was perfect in warm-up i was like fairly i don't know relaxed 
through the competition and it was just fun all over. There were no super stressful moments except for that split second before my long program. But um, the second one was special in its own way because um, I kind of did it by myself. Like my parents weren't involved um, the year up to it as much. Um, I was, you know, managing my schedule. I was going to school, uh, like university studies at the same time. I was balancing things very well. Um, I was with like a new coach, new situation. Everything about it was like new and fresh and like my decision completely. So, um, I don't know, I kind of proved to myself that I could do it on my own for that second one, even though I don't have as good memories about how I competed. Still but hey, you I still... Back and I'm like, eh, I could have done that better. Yeah, but hey, you still yeah. first in Canada. That's big. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, so yeah, um, so you have all this decorated career um, with two national champ titles and stuff. And, you know, um, just going back to uh, connecting back to university, how is it like transitioning from, you know, like getting all this media presence to just normal university students who needs to get their midterm. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely interesting because, uh, I don't know, you kind of, over the years, as you build up your career, you get kind of like special treatment in certain ways, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, deserved. But um, (laughs) then you go to university and you're in a class of 200 students and you're just a name on a piece of paper and your prof doesn't know that you're anybody who did anything <laughs> cool ever um it's just like it's interesting um in some ways I think it was kind of nice because mm-hmm. I hadn't had that real life real mm-hmm. life um you know situation in quite a long time it was like four years um before that but um I think skating prepared me well in some ways for you know the stress of midterms and exams and deadlines and (laughs) um i don't know like organization i would say Uh um life skills that you learn through that level of sport that are going to help you with uh, university that maybe others wouldn't have um in some ways though was also a struggle (laughs) um because it had been that um four year gap where I didn't have to I was not used to doing like mm-hmm. real studying or right. I don't know. I feel like I never really learned how to study um properly. Mm-hmm. Like in high school it's like, you know, you can just get by with your know, reviewing <laughs> things. And then um you get to you have a big break from school in general and then you go back to school and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is another level of um <laughs> Like, to get an A (laughs) is not, No, (laughs) you just review your notes once before your test. Like, no, this isn't um, how it is. So Mm. that was a bit of a steep learning curve. Definitely was shocked when I um, was not successful and actually, like, failed my first university test or whatever. And I was (laughs) like, I am not someone who should be doing this. Like, I have high expectations for myself in general from being at a high level of sport, and it was just like, wow, okay, so obviously I need to do more. Um, wake up call um, in that respect, and oh man, well, it's just a whole nother, a whole nother world. I swear, professors, like, 
I swear, the professors, I, I, like, they think their course, like, I'm only taking their course, you know? In three days, like, oh, yeah, write this paper in three days. I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> I have this and this and this. But yeah. <laughs> here you are, naturally started, you know, competing in the national champs. And then now the experience is helping with you in school. But just a little bit of struggle. A okay. Bit. A little bit. <laughs> Everyone's going to struggle, I think, in, in their university career, so... I mean, got as much you. as I think my situation is like unique, um, everyone else feels the same way about their their tests and assignments and stress. And even if they weren't competing at the same time, they had like a, a job, you know, at the same time that they're mm-hmm. trying to balance things mm-hmm. out. And, um, and man, I just have total respect for people who are like uh, Nathan Chen and uh, <laughs> Karen Chen also like doing full-time studies at like prestigious u.s Mm -hmm. um university schools like and competing at the world level at the same time like i was even i was doing both at the same time it was not a full load for sure Mm -hmm. i was doing like a half or enough that was considered Mm -hmm. full-time so i could get funding but um yeah that was hard enough I mean, we're fortunate to have you. Amazing. (laughs) But UBC, I mean, I'm sure we're fortunate to have you in our program, and I'm sure you're going to thrive from here. (laughs) (laughs) So now talking about your coaching career. So transitioning from your athletics career, I mean, you haven't retired or anything yet. It's on a pause. But um, how is it like from the transition from athletics to coaching? This is also funny because um, <laughs> I never envisioned myself as going into like coaching, being a figure skating coach. I was like, no, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you've only figure skated for your whole life and that's the only experience you have, you can't get any other job that's like going to be comparable in um uh, money to fund your school and um you know you just you don't have experience you'd have to do a bunch of volunteer work and because mm-hmm. I looked into you know going into more of my field where I'm like physiotherapy mm-hmm. or something along those lines um but um there aren't many opportunities <laughs> for someone who doesn't have already experience mm-hmm. to work in that field yet so Um, basically I fell into coaching out of necessity, um, to pay for rent and, uh, school costs, but I ended up really enjoying it. Um, I love coaching. I probably spend too much of my time, um, coaching for a good balance with school and, um, skating related activities, but, um, I do enjoy it so much, and I think that learning kinesiology has actually been uh, helpful to my coaching as well, because um, I took a sports psychology course, and I, you know, just even physiologically, I'm like, you know, this this makes sense in a different, uh, I know what worked for me in my career and through different coaches that I've worked with, but then it's like, oh, physiologically, like, this makes sense. <laughs> to be in this position, mm-hmm. to put this much power, to get this out of it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I love coaching. I love, I've 
become really attached to my students that I work with and uh, it's just a really nice family at sunset mm. so um has COVID-19 impacted I mean I'm sure it did but um your studies academics um coaching um in some ways not having to travel to school has given me uh, a little bit more study time which is good I can mm -hmm. use that what I would have been taking the bus mm -hmm. um to do other things whether it's towards coaching or towards so that's kind of a positive change mm -hmm. um and that it is so flexible with the courses that I'm I'm taking. There aren't very many live lectures, actually. It's just go at your own pace for a lot of them, which is eh, positive and negative. <laughs> <laughs> and we know why. Procrastination. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, of course, on the, the coaching side, mm -hmm. uh, we had a long time with no, no coaching at all. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we, we tried to keep our skaters active like off of the ice through little zoom sessions and whatever but uh definitely i can't imagine competing myself during this time and how stressful it is for the athletes not knowing what's coming next mm -hmm. and uh, just yeah you can't you can't plan anything because yeah. everything's so uncertain but uh we're so lucky in bc that uh we actually had a competition we had an autumn leaves mm -hmm. competition um few weeks ago now and uh nowhere else in canada is hosting like in-person competitions as much as it's you know different than we're used mm -hmm. to uh as a competition no spectators um limited people everyone's wearing masks mm -hmm. and whatever but um very lucky that we can even have that mm -hmm. in a in a safe way right right now so um it's been interesting I, I just feel bad for the for the skaters who had you know hopes and dreams for the season, mm -hmm. um, you know going to their first nationals at home, mm -hmm. and then the format has changed and everything, and now uh, they might not. There's you know who knows, right? <laughs> Even until whatever it's going to be like February now. Yeah, um, the national championships at UBC again. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Hey, this is your time to prove UBC rank wrong that you deserve a spot. <laughs> you know, I did think of it, and I was like, but at the same time, I could also like coach for the first time in yes. a situation mm -hmm. in that right. same arena and have a different positive experience from it. So, I mean, it's um, yeah. Oh, I have thoughts all the time about like, should I? should I just call it call mm. it a career with my the finish that I had at nationals last year but um oh man with everything who even knows what the next Olympics will happen like, right oh my I, goodness. I don't want to train for like nothing I'm not saying that <laughs> yeah. but yeah yeah we do well, I mean not we you do not want to compete for you know nothing That's all those nothing. hours I mean it would be like another experience <laughs> and whatever but um I think if I did, you know, come back to skating, it would be mainly for that one last chance mm -hmm. at trying to to get a, a spot for the 2022 Olympics. Mm -hmm. So it's in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. but it comes <laughs> to the forefront like a lot, <laughs> especially during this time with everything so uncertain. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that actually was gonna be my la- last question. So you would say you're a little uncertain. It's still there, but yeah. I mean, that's probably why I haven't announced my retirement because I mean, people have recommended that I take my time mm-hmm. in making a final decision. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's difficult. <laughs> I know. I know the effort and time dedication right. it would require, mm-hmm. and. I don't really want to put my studies on hold mm-hmm. as I'm already, I feel like I'm behind because mm-hmm. I got started four years late um, and everything. It's, there are so many factors. <laughs> but, you know, either way, we'll be supporting you at, at our UBC community. So, you know, you have all the time you need, you know, <laughs> very proud to be proud to have you at our school. Actually, I heard when I heard you're, at UBC, I'm like, oh my gosh, what? So, anyways, um, is there anything else you would like to add that you would like to mention? Um, I just, I do feel very thankful to have gotten into UBC in the first place. It was very uncertain for me, and uh, I think many positive things have uh, come from just me being accepted into UBC. Um, the program was great, the kinesiology program, um, very in-depth. Um, and I think it's going to prepare me well for the next, the next steps after school. We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week. Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Liz Wang with the News Roundup, followed by Alan Wang with the Thunderbirds Alum of the Week. Hey everyone, welcome back to CITR 101.9 at Thunderbird Eye. This is Liz Wang bringing you the most up-to-date UBC Thunderbirds news. On October 30th, the UBC football program decided to name the program's Wall of Honor after its legendary coach, Frank Knopp. UBC football made the announcement of revealing the 2020 class of standout keepers who will be named to the newly christened Frank Knopp Wall of Honor on this Monday, November 2nd. 
Frank Knapp was the coach for the UBC football team from 1955 to 1973. And during his 18-year career at UBC, Knapp led the team to 54 victories, including three Hardy Cup championships, while sending 17 of his players to the professional football ranks. On the same day, the UBC women's golf team, as part of the only program that's still competing in tournament play, wrap up the fall portion of the 2020 BC Rivalry Series this week by winning Wednesday and placing second on Thursday. In total, the Thunderbirds won six of the eight tournaments and were second in the other on the other two events. Four Thunderbirds finishing the top six, with rookie Sonia Tang earning her second tournament win of the semester. Tang was the only player in the field under par. She was three shots ahead of her teammate Esther Lee. Emily Lee, who was another rookie, tied for fourth at three over seventy-five, while Cicely Kwon was sixth after recording a four over seventy-six. On the other side, the UBC men's golf team was also placed first and second in the BC Rivalry Series tournament. As a team, UBC posted a score of thirteen under two seventy-five to take top spot by eleven shots at the Chilliwack Golf Club on Wednesday. Ethan DeGraff shot a five under par sixty seven to tie for first, which helped the team to secure the victory. Dylan McDonald and Michael Vell each shot three under sixty nine seconds to tie for fifth. The rookie John Paul Collar also recorded an impressive round of two under seventy. And that concludes the Thunderbirds news for today. Up next, Alan Wang will take over to introduce the Thunderbird alum of the week. And thank you, Liz, for those tuning in for the first time. This segment, which we call Alum of the Week, looks at a former UBC athlete's life, not only in the world of sports, but what their life is like outside of athletics as well. With no time frame in mind, there will be stories from all throughout the history of UBC athletics. And this week's Alum of the Week is a notable name in the sport of field hockey, not only for the Thunderbirds but for Canada as well. We have Melanie Slade, born July eighth, nineteen sixty six. Slade was a star and captain with the UBC women's field hockey during the '80s. She was a three-time CIAU Championship Tournament All-Star, leading UBC to the national championship four times. Slade was selected both a Canada West All-Star and All-Canadian three times, which was impressive since the All-Canadian award system didn't even exist until Melanie's third year. And as a Canadian national team member and an Olympian in 1988, Slade was also twice selected as UBC's Outstanding Female Athlete of the Year. She played for the Thunderbirds for five years from 1984 until 1989, followed by five more years as the team's assistant coach. And while at UBC, Slade also achieved international status as she was a four-year member of Canada's national team, playing for Canada at the 1988 Olympics. One of the only three UBC players from women's field hockey to ever play in the Olympics. And as a coach, Melanie helped guide UBC to its fifth national CIS gold medal in 1991, a silver in 1992, and a bronze in 1990. And with coach Hash Kanji, she helped UBC bring home another bronze in 1994. Slade set a certain standard as a player of UBC. Of all the field hockey players who have been selected as UBC's Female Athlete of the Year since the award's inception in 1960, she was the only one who has received this honor twice: once in 1988 and once in 1989. Slade graduated from UBC in 1989 with a Bachelor of Human Kinetics degree, and in addition to her five years with the hockey team, the last two serving as captain, she was a Women's Athletic Association member and an executive member of the Big Block Club. And that will wrap up the alum of the week.
And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Elaine Chartrand for coming on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Diana Hong, Liz Wang, and Alan Wang. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.